Welcome to the Cure for Stupidity podcast, an ongoing exploration of the stupidity in real life, relationships, parenting, and more. Hello. Hi. We have our first official episode of the Cure for Stupidity podcast. Hey. (laughs) And we just wanted to welcome you to to our show. It might be a little rough. It's our first time doing this, but uh, we wanted to explore real life. Uh, we wanted to explore parenting, want to explore relationships, want to explore what's going on in the world uh, through the lens of the book, The Cure for Stupidity. My name's Eric M. Bailey, author of The Cure for Stupidity. And I'm Jamie L. Bailey, his wife. <laughs> we've got three kids. Um, we've got a huge support system and network of both family and friends surrounding us. And uh, we, we want to just talk about life. Yeah, we've learned a lot about ourselves and about each other over the last couple of years. And and we find that when we start sharing the stories that we have to share, people are really interested uh, to see kind of a peek behind the curtain. And so we thought we'd do that, provide a peek behind the curtain. Uh, so this podcast is going to be exploration of that, of, of what it's like in real life, not just the kind of the curated stuff that you see on Facebook. Uh, so you get to know us pretty well. You get to know Jamie and get to know me. Uh, and and our little quirks. So um, Jamie had an idea that we should explore um, the explore the book kind of principle by principle. So there's 22 principles in the book, uh, and then apply it to each other. So we'll see. And the main reason I did that <laughs> is, you know, if I look in the book here, you specifically said that I am your feedback loop and your mirror to help you see your own lack of understanding. <laughs> So I'm just doing what, you know. I just making it, keeping it real. Yeah, keeping it real. Keeping it real. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, this may get a little uncomfortable from time to time, as as uh, you know, we point out things in each other, and we we've, we've been uh, open and honest that we are going to allow ourselves to go through this process. Um, and that's life. I mean, and that's real life. That's, yeah, that's real. Yeah. So uh, if you see me getting defensive or sweating, um, just just take it easy. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. Uh, We've made it through everything so far. (laughs) So uh, the first principle is the illusion of certainty. The illusion of certainty. So I'm assuming you want to start. um, Well, I I was trying to think of something recently Mm -hmm. where this came up. And there's probably been already like 20 today. But I can't think of any exactly. So... So uh, while, while you're thinking about this, how about this? So the illusion of certainty is is a principle that our brains have a propensity to project certainty into the world, even if there is none. So um, if there's if there's you know thinking of going from from one driving from one place to another, if we're driving, you know, to drive much we anymore, don't leave our house. But yeah. <laughs> but if we're driving from one place to another, um, like we think that this is the best way to go, and if someone goes a different way or suggests a different way, it's like no, that's wrong. And so our brains really lock into this idea of certainty or or even actually kind of on a bigger scale, what I believe to be true. Now, I think it is in fact true. And this is why we end up fighting and, and grating, grating on each other so often. Not us, we, we wouldn't ever. Never. But, but why, why, why this hap- is happening so much in our world right now. And so that's that's the illusion of certainty. And so um, uh, one, one situation that I, I thought of, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're still, you're thinking of yours. I am. I am. Um, but... Uh, our, our son Kai, he's, he's eight years old and he is very much like Jamie. Like they are, they are, they are simpaticos. They're cut from the same cloth. 
And uh, just the other day, he had lost a library book. Um, and our kids read a lot. They yes. read a lot. And he lost a library book. And he, he loses a book once in a while. It happens, it happens regu regularly, uh, kind of frequently. Um, and so um, he's like running around the house trying to find this book. And, and like the first thing he does is, Mom, where'd you put the book? Like immediately puts all of the blame on her. And then when she's like, I haven't touched the book. He's like absolutely certain. He kind of keeps like hammering, like, "Where is the? Where did you put? You must have, I must have moved it. You must have I moved must have, it. When I when I cleaned, I must have put it somewhere." Yeah. So so this idea that he had that he didn't lose the book, all of a sudden the illusion of certainty grips him, and he says, "No, I know I didn't lose it. Someone else must have." And then I come into the into the picture. Kind of like who moved my cheese? <laughs> <laughs> You're saying this, and all I can hear is who moved my cheese? Who moved my, who moved my library book? And so and so the thing is 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 he comes and says, "Well." Because we had set up a, a, a bed in in the kids' former playroom just so our, our mother in law our mother in law could stay there, uh, and and he's like, "Daddy, can you move the bed? It's a king size bed. Can you move the bed?" Like assuming that I put the bed on top of a library book, uh, and so like I mean, the illusion of certainty made him believe that it wasn't him that made the mistake; it was somebody else. Um, and so that's that's one example that I have about the illusion of certainty. Now, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, Jamie and Kai are cut from the same cloth. And so uh, when Jamie tends to lose things, I notice that it, it tends to be my fault uh, until we end up discovering it's exactly where she left it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue what you're talking about. I do like your driving thing, though. And I, I, I will call myself out that I am a... a pet peeve is um backtracking so just leaving our neighborhood there's you either go go left to get out to the main road or right to get out to the other main road and depending on where we're going i have a very strong feeling about when we leave our street whether we should be turning left to go that way or right to go the other way and i think eric has some habit of I always come in this way and I always come out this way. And it's really, really hard for me sometimes when we're going to in and out for some drive through and amazing, awesome burgers. And he'll automatically turn right as opposed to going left, which is actually where in and out is. And again, does it really matter? No. Do we have anywhere else to be? No. Um, it, it, I get that. But in the moment, like it's so hard for me to not tell you that you are going the wrong way to get to in What do you mean, hard for you not to tell me? You always tell me. <laughs> I, I don't always. Okay, there, always. There are definitely some times where I refrain and I kind of check myself and say, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like there may be two extra cars in front of us in the drive-through line, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> so so let me tell you, like what, do you, what, what happens like in that moment? Like what do you like viscerally, what do you feel when you like, you feel like I'm making a mistake? Mm -hmm. How could you possibly turn right when you're supposed to go left? Yeah, and, and that's that's I think the thing that the supposed to, that's that's something that I like. So when I when I drive, it's very much, you know, okay, I'm I'm gonna go in a direction I think that might be the right way until I get some more definition. And and in in my brain, so we just moved to this neighborhood, and in my brain, 
Like I have always gone to an In-N-Out, which is on that side of town. And so I'm always thinking In-N-Out is that way. Costco is that way. Not realizing that there was a closer In-N-Out, closer Costco in that direction. And so like, I just kind of go on autopilot and go. And I'm much more free flowing than Jamie is, like much more free flowing. And so when those things come up, it tends to be like, uh, it tends to be a problem. And like a relaxing trip to go pick up takeout should not be bothersome <laughs> to me. Right. And yet by the time that we're to the end of the street, I can already be irritated. Yeah. And it's like, why didn't I just drive? Then I wouldn't have to deal with this. Like <laughs> I should have just driven. But then also I don't really want to drive. Like I like chilling in the, the passenger seat mm-hmm. and yeah, but you're right. Like I am very, focused mm-hmm. um so i know that like you know dinner's gonna happen and then if we can get it done fast enough we can play ticket to ride and if we can get that done you know in a timely manner the kids can still do their list and get ready for bed and not have like the bedtime crazy so like i am thinking way too far ahead when we get to the end of our street and one wrong turn which probably means nothing in my head it seems catastrophic to the plans that I've made for the evening. Yeah, and that's something I've noticed. So, so a potentially 45-second difference in time um, could could mean, like, the end of the world. <laughs> in my head. In your head. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. <laughs> because I am certain that you ruined the evening by turning right. <laughs> Did I? No. Have I, have I ever ruined the evening by turning right? I don't know. <laughs> that's yet to be seen. <laughs> No, Probably but, not. And Probably so that's not. that's something that's that's really interesting, I think, you know, between between us is that we process things very differently. And and where the illusion of certainty comes to play for me is <laughs> this is gonna be a little hard to say. It's like it's it I'm certain you're overreacting. <laughs> right? Like I am certain that that so so where where you think that my turning right is going to ruin the evening, I'm thinking your overreaction is going to ruin the evening, right? I'm certain about that. And then I get all offended that you got so offended. Uh, and that's that's something that I end up feeling a lot. It's like, um, why, why, like, let it go. Just what's wrong? Just let it go. It's going to be fine. You know, and, and it's, it's funny how, like, from, it seems like from your point of view, I, I've created this catastrophic problem. And then from my point of view, I'm you, currently creating, creating this catastrophic and manifesting it for the next 10 minutes when we sit in the drive through lane and I'm like, oh, we could have been here faster. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, yeah. And the, the, the idea of the illusion of certainty is, is really, it prevents us from actually getting into whatever it is we need to discuss. Yeah. You know, like I've actually never heard you say that you've got a clear plan on going left or going. I've never actually heard you say that like, ever. <laughs> I think it every time we leave the house, it's like, <laughs> do I tell him which way he's supposed to go? So like, generally speaking, even when we're going to places that we go to regularly, which would be like the click list parking lot for fries <laughs> or the drive through of in and out like there's not very many places that we go. I will generally try to pull up GPS for you and have it up before we leave so that you know which way to go. Because like my brain is programmed like a GPS, mm-hmm. like in my in my in my head. Like if there's a, you know, half a second to save, Google Maps will tell you. 
And Waze will tell you. And my brain knows what those, so those shortcuts I love, are. I love that analogy. I'm about to blow your mind here. What? So there are two things that GPS does that maybe you can do. If your brain is like GPS. Number one. Traffic. Uh, no. <laughs> Not more detail. Okay. Uh, number one is uh, similar time. So it'll show like these other routes that are about the same amount of time. Like it's like within a minute, it, it doesn't matter. Right. So you can maybe. It matters. No, but, it matters. But you get a lot of that. And the second thing, which might be the most beneficial is recalculating. <laughs> <laughs> so if the driver happens to make the wrong turn, you can recalculate, just recalculating. Okay. And like recalibrating. Every time you turn now, do you know what I'm going to say to you? Recalculating. Recalculating. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and it's okay again. Okay. And so now right. it's a new baseline. Deal. I cannot wait. This is my new favorite word. So and here's the, here's the interesting thing. So <laughs> when I leave the house, there because we're in a new neighborhood, there's a lot of things that I just I don't know the general direction to go. And so I'm actually sitting there waiting for you to tell me where to go. And that's why you always go right, because the in and out, uh, not in and out the restaurant, yeah. but the route is longer so you're buying time there's a roundabout involved there's other things involved and to me it irritates me to go that way because there's a roundabout involved and it's longer <laughs> and it's like there's such a quick way to get out of the neighborhood why are we taking the long way out yeah. so i guess that makes a little bit more sense why you generally go that way first yeah yeah and it's interesting to hear you say that like you're holding back from telling me because that's actually the thing that i'm looking for <laughs> Is like, even if we like get in the car, like left or right, like maybe that's the thing we do now. Yeah. So we just drive out of the, look at this. We're solving all of our problems. In, in Recalculating. The in the first episode. <laughs> all of our problems. The, the, dri well. Driving is all okay, of our cool. problems. Okay. And every, all certainty revolves around driving? No, no, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things that, that I see uh, that the illusion of certainty plugs in for us a lot is in when we argue and when we fight mm -hmm. and we argue and we fight. Um, um, and it's, it, we, we, we're really good at it. I mean, we've been, we've been married for, for 13 years and, and we're actually, we're getting pretty good at fighting and arguing. <laughs> uh, we can, we can hold our own with the best of them. No, but what, what, what I see a lot of times in our arguments and our fights, it's just kind of this pattern mm -hmm. of um, usually I do something that frustrates you mm -hmm. And then you get frustrated, mm -hmm. and then I don't see why you're frustrated. Actually, it's basically the same thing as the car, yeah, right? Basically. And then I don't I see that you're overreacting, and it's like you shouldn't have to have this kind of reaction. And then like what I what I end up doing on my end is my first reaction is literally just to grab on tight to all of the things that I know to be certain. And many of them are just my opinions. Right. But many of them are like, look at all of these, like this, 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 all these different ways that you have caused this problem for us. Mm -hmm. And and I hold on with the illusion of certainty. And so when you express your frustration or, or upset, like I'm sitting there, thinking, but can't you see how you've caused all of these things mm -hmm. because of certainty? And 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 I'm certain that you've <laughs> done these things intentionally. And that's the other thing that we've, I feel like, unpacked a lot, especially during quarantine, where there's definitely things that happen. And to me, it's like, I feel hurt that you mm. intentionally mm. did something or didn't do something. You made a decision. And for you, there was no decision involved. It was just either you forgot or 
you never thought two steps down the road or three steps of what that could mean. And it's, you're doing stuff totally oblivious to how mm-hmm. I might be interpreting right. what those actions are. And I am certain <laughs> that you did it to hurt me. Yeah. And that's hard, like mm-hmm. to, to let go of, to let go of the fact that you really could just be human and make mistakes mm-hmm. and maybe not intentionally do those things. Cause in my perspective, it's, you had to know, like you had to see what that would make me feel. You had like, we, again, we know each other really <laughs> well. Like you had to understand what that would mean to me. Mm-hmm. And it's really so, hard. It's so clear. Yeah. It's so clear For me, it's so yeah. clear. It's hard to give you that grace to mm-hmm. say like, no, like I didn't. And to not kind of dig in further and go, no, you did. Like <laughs> you knew, like it's, it's hard to let go of that and say, are you okay? Like I'll trust you or I'll believe you that, you know, there wasn't intent behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I find myself in those situations like trying to explain myself, mm-hmm. like hoping that if I explain like what I was thinking in that moment, it'll help you feel better. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not a jerk. You Which just... goes one of two ways. <laughs> I feel like I'm being coached. I feel like I'm being managed or I do actually feel sympathetic and understand. And, you know, I, I, I'm like, all right, I get it. Like, you know, and there are certain things where I'm making it mean something way more than it really doesn't. And I'll get that. Like once you start to say it, I'm like, yeah, like I get it. Like, yeah. that's fine. But there are a lot of other times where I I feel like I am being managed or coached. And I get that that's what you do for <laughs> so many other humans, but I'm not that human sometimes. And in our house, we get to just talk. I don't, I don't get, um, I, it's hard for me to get, coached. <laughs> no, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. And and I think kind of the reciprocal of that is that you have seen me coach and present for so long that you do it too. Like you know how to do it too. <laughs> me? Yeah. And so, and so there'd be times where like you point out like, are you being a know-it-all or, or that's the loser. Like, and you're pointing these things out yeah, to me yeah. and I, I get it. It feels weird. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't sign up for this thing, I didn't sign up to, to like, Help, help me understand myself better right now Yeah, because I'm in the middle of whatever it is I need help with. But you you gave me full permission. I did. I Just did. saying. You, you gave me full permission. You, you're it. And, that, and I think that's that's the most odd part about writing this book um, is that kind of everyone just assumes that I'm the perfect communicator. Who was that? I'm sorry. I'm going to edit that part out. <laughs> No, but I, like everyone, everyone has <laughs> everyone has this idea that I'm I'm the perfect communicator, and I'm I'm very clearly not. And I think like all of the stuff that I put in the book are are these are basic human things, like things that all humans deal with, including me. And and the fact that you are so you have such an intimate knowledge of all of this content. Um, it's clear to you when I'm falling into these pitfalls as well. And and a lot of times it's it's interesting that you call me out on them when they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yes, I wrote the book. Yes, I'm technically the expert in this stuff. But it, these are basic human things. And I'm dealing with them, too. Yeah. And you can see it so clearly so often. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I imagine that you hold your tongue a lot more than than, than you normally would. <laughs> 
Because when when these things show up, I think for me, not to cut you off, you know, I'm really good at that. You did, you did. But um, I don't, I don't. A lot of times, I don't correlate things mm. back to the book. Mm. So I'm in the same pitfall of it's rare that I'm able to get the you know clarity to say that's the illusion of certainty. <laughs> like usually, I'm like, you know, and I get all emotionally affected by mm-hmm. it. In my own humanness, just like you're doing these things in your humanness and the humanity is what's taking over yeah. as opposed to the, the, what we Logic. should, what we're, yeah, yeah, what we're trained or, you know, what we've studied, what we've actually said we're going to practice and do like those things. It's harder to hold on to those in the moment. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that I honestly refrain or hold back from saying it. Because again, I'm an extrovert and pretty much <laughs> if I'm thinking it, it's coming out of my mouth. But um, the 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 times that I do call it out, mm-hmm. that's when I'm actually like holding on to it and saying like, oh, look at this. Like, here yeah. it is. And those moments are what I think would help us a little bit in some ways. Yeah. And not like me coaching you and like giving you a taste of your own medicine, but more along the lines of, you know, healthy. Like, you know, we have these this common language, we have this common understanding, we have, you know, these things that we know we're going to fall victim to. And if we can kind of talk about them openly and say like, all right, let's break this down. Okay. Here's where this is. Here's where I'm at. You know, I was feeling this, you were feeling that. And I think that when we have those moments, that's when we have some of our healthiest, you know, arguments or, you know, discussions or whatever, like that's when it's actually working is when we do call it out. And I feel like when we don't call it out or refer mm-hmm. to it, that's when it takes us a lot longer to mm-hmm. finally break it down and get back to, you didn't do it intentionally. I didn't overreact. Like we both just had all of these things that, you know, bubbled up in the moment and we didn't go back to what we, what we could have done to make it smoother for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I like that when you talk about just the, the length of time it takes to come back. Mm-hmm. Because like the visual that I have is is when we get into the arc into our arguments, it's like it's very clear, like boom, now we're now we're like we've we've distance. separated. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're separated and there's there is a distance between us, exactly. And then like and this is this is gonna be really interesting, is that um thinking about who is the first one to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um and, and oftentimes I feel like it's me, mm-hmm. but Thank you for agreeing with me on that. I don't know if I agree. You said <laughs> I, I think, and I knew you were going to think that. So. <laughs> well, and so, and so, but the interesting thing is, as I kind of really, really play it back, the first step I usually take is trying to get you to see it from my point of view, which isn't necessarily taking a step closer. Yeah. Right. It's basically just saying like, hey, you get my piece in. Yeah. Yeah. And because I'm still holding on to certainty, mm-hmm. like the way that I see it is the way it is. And, and, and that's, that's just a little realization I just had in this moment um, that when we think about when we are both able to kind of let go of our certainty. And I, and I think one of the, the, the interesting distinctions is certainty and confidence mm-hmm. are, are different things. Like it's okay to be, con- I'm fairly confident you were being a jerk when you said that. I, oh, cool. I'm, I can just start using that then. Yeah. Okay, cool. But it's, but it's like, <laughs> but, but I'm not certain, you know, so. But, but like, but, but why not? Because, because it's a different thing to be confident about something without being certain. And, and certainty means that I know it to be fact. 
right? Nothing. No ifs and buts. No ifs and buts. Mm -hmm. There's no room for interpretation here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but being being confident, it's like, okay, I feel very strongly that this is true, but I'm open to changing my opinion should you give me a, a other So opinion. just like um, with the kids, we give them the, the growth mindset yet. Uh-huh. It's, it's the yes. same yes. almost yes. here yeah. of I'm 99% <laughs> sure, but I will give that 1% of maybe I'm not. Possibility. Yeah. yeah. Just, just that sliver of being open will help even further, you know, mm -hmm. bring that time that it takes for us to come back together. Yeah. Um, so I get that. I hear that. Yeah. And I, I, I know that I started by being sarcastic about <laughs> just starting to use the word. I'm fairly confident because that's a really easy thing for me to use. Yeah. But I understand also the mindset that I need to mm -hmm. have with that, that if I'm saying I'm confident as opposed to certain mm -hmm. that I really need to leave that opening mm -hmm. to hear the other side. Yeah. Or I know, right? So I know this to oh, be true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've never said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's, here's the interesting thing when it comes to when it comes. So, so outside of like our relationship, when it comes to dealing with people on Facebook or it comes to dealing with the kids, how that certainty, just it, how easy it is to slip into that. Yeah. Um, and, and especially was like, I'm trying to make this point. And so then anything that kind of, funnels into that point I need to be equally as confident in and certain and so then I, I kind of broaden my certainty beyond my actual certainty mm -hmm. and it's like I know this to be true I know you're wrong I know you're an idiot I know this and 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 I, I see myself doing this a lot of, of of trying to engage with people through certainty and I think that I have this this something inside of me that the more certain I project like the more certain I am or the first more certain that they think that I am, the more likely it is they're going to change their opinion, which isn't true. Not going to happen. No. And, and that's something that, that I see a lot of times in uh, work relationships or in, in, in family relationships. And I feel, I feel like that's something that I have to learn, mm -hmm. that I can learn um, because it, 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 I see it impacting things time and time again. Yeah. For, for parenting, um, you know, we're expected to be the authority. We're expected to, you know, know it all, have the solution, have the answer. And for, for me as a parent, I come into the room, I see complete, you know, mayhem, you know, destruction. There's Hot Wheels here and Legos <laughs> there. And I don't even know what else underneath the table shoved on the floor. But, you know, I come into the room and I assess and very quickly, no, with certainty, who's to blame? What happened? You know, I wasn't even in the room. I wasn't even listening. And yet when I walk in the room, room, I know exactly what happened, which is. <laughs> Should have picked that up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But, you know, it's it's the act, you know, as a parent, like that's what we do. We come in. We know exactly what's going on. We know exactly the punishment. We know exactly, you know, what needs to be done to rectify the, you know, thing, to make it a learning moment and a teachable moment, but also, you know, make sure that I, you know, let them know exactly, you know, where they went wrong and try to help them figure out that next time and in the future, what are we going to do from here? And, you know, you go through all those things and there's a number of times where the kids are like, wait, wait, no, no, no. And we don't even allow them right, right. to, you know, get those words out because we're so confident yeah. that we know exactly what it is. And I can't tell you the number of times that, you know, the kids just go with the flow. You know, they do exactly what I say. They're, you know, good little soldiers, you know, listening to this 
terrible leader at the top, you know, telling them that I know exactly what happened. And it's not until bedtime or, you know, dinner time when, you know, we're all calm and cool and everything's kind of in the past and, you know, bedtime we're cuddling. And then they'll say, yeah, well, you know, it didn't exactly happen that way. And then they tell me and, you know, I don't have my certainty anymore. And with my softened heart, now I listen to them and I have to go back and apologize because I blamed the wrong kid or, you know, I, I threw everyone into the group and, you know, they're a team and, you know, I don't care if it was you or not. But then, you know, they'll tell me that they were on my team and they were trying actively to get the, you know, the the siblings to clean with them or, yeah. you know, they were actively doing it. And I totally threw them in the deep end of the pool with the other kids to say, like, nope, you're all a part of the problem. And so that's that's the illusion of certainty in yeah. parenting. And I yeah. feel like that's as much as I... I get it and I do it with you. With the kids is I feel like where it, I have to do You're supposed it. to. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to do this. It's such a catch-22. And the number of times that I'm totally shooting blank, like I have no idea blind, shooting blind. <laughs> <laughs> Not shooting blanks. Shooting blind. <laughs> the number of times that I'm just sitting there, you know, walking into a room and I have to just completely go and yeah, at, at the at the end of the day, I do have to do some apologies or I do have to do some damage control, you know, for for what happened, you know, um, earlier in the day and kind of what I did and how I how I was so certain that I knew. And maybe I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I, I want to commend you because something that you do more than I do more than a lot of people do is is when that sort of thing happens and we do get that feedback. You are very quick, maybe not quick, but you are consistent in apologizing and saying, you know, I was wrong. And and I think that that teaches a very valuable lesson to the children. I don't know where I heard it or read it or whatever, but it was, it was talking about how if we want our kids to, you know, admit their mistakes or talk to us and come to us with their, they're ugly and they're nasty and they're gross. And, you know, if they want to, if we want them to trust us, mm-hmm. we have to show them that we are, equally you know damaged yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know that i'm equally making mistakes every single day that i'm equally have apologies to give out and you know transgressions to admit to other Mm -hmm. people i can't just be this almighty you know dictator at the top saying nope whatever i say goes no matter what if i make mistakes deal with it you know Mm -hmm. um what would the world look like if more people spent time apologizing and admitting fault and Mm -hmm. and not that like oh everything's awful but just like hey this was wrong so no one else has to question like was that wrong did you really like or or at least like behind the back or behind your back or anything it's like no i made a mistake and acknowledging that and i think i think that kind of as a society we've we've been so afraid of admitting mistakes or even apologizing yeah like that that is something that that when you think about in in the context of the illusion of certainty is the more certain we are, the less likely we are to admit we made a mistake because it's too embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I'm I'm dead certain that the sky is blue and it turns out the sky is actually pink or whatever, I'm you know making something up. But like the the more convicted we are that the way we see things, the way it is, and we're telling everybody, if it turns out not to be that way, it becomes inc- like exponentially more embarrassing mm-hmm. than if we said I think it to be this way. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so like recognizing that the illusion of certainty is a thing in our regular daily lives and our interactions with other humans, 
how how detrimental that can be to the long-term effects of the relationships mm -hmm. because the more certain we are the less likely we are to apologize when we make mistakes the the more certain we are the less likely we are to to even just just be real with their their point of view mm -hmm. or acknowledge their point of view and and i think that there's there's a lot for a lot of us to learn there yeah, yeah. so that's the first episode. Yeah, that's it. We made, time. Okay. We, we made it through the first episode. Um, if you have anything that you'd like to ask us, because obviously we're going to be uh, answering honestly and openly. Uh, if you want to ask us anything or, or ask any questions, we have a couple uh, that we'll start addressing next next week. Yeah, we did um, get a couple questions. Yeah, that will. Yeah. So so feel free to do so. Um, you know, we're we're here to be an open book, and honestly, we're obviously we're exploring our own relationship and, and our parenting and and the world that we're living in right now. Uh, we didn't get into anything about uh, uh, race or racism, which which will be a whole, probably a whole- Not yet. Not yet, <laughs> not yet. Probably a whole month's worth of podcasts. So uh, so look forward to that and, you know, thank you. So so if you didn't know, uh, Jamie was very, very nervous to do this. Um, so so I've been encouraging her for the last couple of months to, to step in, so you did a great job. Thanks, and I wore Two earrings this week. Thank you very much. I, uh, I opted for a, a set of earrings that had a pair, a pair so that I wouldn't be called out again for my, my earring choice. And that way, you know, my neck could move you turn, Yeah, and you can wear your hair up. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Which is generally how my hair exactly. is going to be. So exactly. we're good. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Good job. Thanks. You did all right. Ha, 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 ha.